We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Joining us today to discuss active listening is Lorraine Martins. She's the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Network Rail, and we know each other through the generous network of Sheridan Global. What I admire most about you, Lorraine, is your commitment to inclusion, belonging, and psychological safety. Your work on diversity and inclusion at Network Rails has been internationally recognized, and you're one of the top 100 women influencing engineering in the UK, according to inclusive boards and the Financial Times. It's brilliant to connect with you. Welcome to ROG, Lorraine. Thank you, Shannon. It's really great to meet you and be here with you as well. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Lorraine. So I've been at Network Rail for about eight and a half years. Network Rail is the rail infrastructure for the whole of the UK. And we have something like 30,000 bridges, 20,000 tunnels, 43,000 employees, 118,000 contractors. And we are responsible for the UK's rail, for getting the trains from A to B safely and on time. It's a really exciting environment. Um, It's been a really challenging environment during COVID because we've had less passengers. So now our task is about getting our passengers back onto onto rail, which will be interesting. And my role is, is to be responsible for our strategic approach to diversity and inclusion, which will range from hiring, retaining, attracting people from diverse backgrounds, right through to the physical infrastructure and making sure that's as accessible and it's easy to navigate for all different ability people so that they can have a really, really great journey. So, yeah, I've been doing that for about eight years. I've done some voluntary work in London. So I chaired the what was the vice chair of uh, Trust for London, which was responsible for tackling poverty and inequality in London. And we've done lots of work around a living wage and making sure people can 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 cope in, in with, you know, prop, being paid properly. And I'm a Londoner, so I was born in London. Um, I love London. I love. I'm an urban chick. I was described as the other day. So, yeah. <laughs> but if you're going to take me away, put me in a city, I'll be happy. A bit of pollution. I know this is not sort of the right thing to say, but a little bit of noise and 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 traffic and hustle and bustle, and I, and I feel very comfortable. So, speaking of hustle and bustle and noise, sometimes those kinds of things prevent us from really being able to listen to each other, to ourselves, right? Sometimes it's just like so busy, whether that be literally or figuratively. So we wanted to focus our conversation today on active listening. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on what would you say is the difference between just listening, like I hear something, and active listening? Oh, brilliant. And it's such a great question because I think it's really fine lines. So I think just listening, what we what we tend to do, and there's a great saying, and, I, and I'm, if I don't get it exactly right, I'm going to paraphrase it. But we kind of listen so that we can say what we want to say rather than listen to what is actually being said. And that's what active listening is about. It's, it's absolutely paying very deep and intent focus on the person that's talking to you, hearing what they're saying, digesting what they're saying and responding to those words because we're human beings in a sense so we're kind of hardwired 
to try and get our point across rather than to do the active listening, which for some feels a bit more passive, but actually it's much more engaging and much more intentional and requires a different kind of energy from us as individuals in order to access that information. Active listening is, is really, really, really important. And it's important if you want to create environments which are much more inclusive. It's important if you want to create environments where people feel safe, because the more that you listen actively to individuals, the more that they will share with you, both in terms of their kind of peripheral experiences, as well as the kind of deep things that might be causing problems. And that's why active listening is a really important skill that I think is underappreciated. Agreed. And, you know, it's free. It costs time, but it's free and it's so valuable, right? So I'm hearing you say this is something that really pays dividends. It's so valuable and rare. We don't often feel like people are actively listening to us and maybe we're not often active listening ourselves. What would you say gets in the way? It could be small things and big things. So in essence, time. So people always feel time pressured. I want to get to the point quickly without actually really assimilating what messages are being being shared. So, so time is always a thing that we think is a, a particular factor for us. The other time is depend, it, it can depend on who the person is. So the person who you may have a slight tension with or they're different to you, therefore you're not paying them the same level of regard unintentionally sometimes or intentionally, and therefore you're not genuinely hearing that the messages that, that are being conveyed. It could be the environment. It could be different ways of speaking. So one of the challenges around having diverse workforces is that people can describe things in different ways. And that's a really important facet of of diversity. But if you're not actively listening, you you can miss things out um, because they're different to you or they have an accent or their intonation is different or they don't describe things in the way in which you're used to receiving them. So those are the kind of things that can get in the way of active listening. You know, your time, the, the individual that, that's speaking to you, they've got an accent that's, you know, foreign to you. You may not like the person and therefore you, you, you're kind of dismissive of them. You're, you, you know, you're not giving them the same level of regard and they will play at different times depending on your own demeanor you know so if you're in a rush or if you're tired or if you've got different pressures on you it will impact on your capacity to listen actively right we're not totally listening to what the person said so i would guess the opposite would be true for how we can become a better listener what advice do you have for those who really want to be a better listener what are some suggestions you have um i think one of the best things that i i do is still the inside internal voice that's in my head and that internal voice may have a a raft of things going on which is i've got lots of things to do (laughs) you know you're you're kind of distracted and and actually still that voice and 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 really just listen pay attention and and in a sense it's you, you kind of breathe and give space and function to that individual and they'll feel it and and one of the things that i get back from the people that i manage is I'm really good at giving silence. (laughs) So that space for others to talk enables the active listening. Hopefully that makes sense. So giving people that space so that they're heard and and, and active listening doesn't necessarily mean you're going to agree um, with everything that you're hearing. The capacity to receive those messages is, is really important. So you give people space, you listen, you're patient, you have a kind of physical interaction, which is the nodding and the kind of, you know, affirmations that indicate that you are actually listening. Your capacity to play back 
what you've heard, uh, not an interpretation, but, you know, actually, this is what I've heard you say, helps to reinforce and give others confidence that you've actually been listening to what they said. And from there then spins, you know, whatever, the, the resolution, the action or, or, or the non-resolution, but at least the basis of, of kind of an egalitarian relationship is, is, is established because you've, you've, you've given somebody space to say what they need to say. Yeah. And I really want to hang on to that, Lorraine, because if those who are listening are really hearing you, what you're inviting us to do is to not have the answer. We're not expected to have this really pithy, smart, brilliant response. But what would be even more valuable is exactly what you're suggesting is be present, be curious, and that what they're saying is important. So give me an example of something that you heard that was never said. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, that's absolutely brilliant. And, and, and the reason I'm struggling, Shannon, is because I've tried to stop doing that. <laughs> so, so a younger Lorraine would hear infinite amount of slights, infinite. I mean, and, and not, not for any reason. So, you know, I'm, I'm a black woman. I've grown up in London. London is a nice urban environment. And people can say things, and because of the narrative that you have in your head, you can hear lots of things. So, so I'm, I'm really, I'm absolutely struggling, but I know, and, and, and I guess what, what I can remember, you know, it, it kind of then triggers a response. And that response could either be a kind of physical response or a, an attitudinal response, when actually that isn't what you heard. So you're making me think, Lorraine, because what I was curious to hear is a time when you were listening to somebody and they didn't say something, but you heard something, like you intuitively understood something. And the way that you're helping me hear that now is when other people are speaking, it actually triggers off a whole other narrative in our own head, which is also distracting and true, right? So there's <laughs> there's there's all of this going on. I mean, think about how kind of complex and dynamic this this idea of listening to people really is. There's there's the I want to understand you deeply, and I also am human and I'm interpreting this through my own filter and sometimes that's setting me off into another direction <laughs> that is absolutely true that is absolutely and, and that's what that's exactly what I heard there so that's a really great living example for our listeners <laughs> to kind of replay <laughs> so I think if I take the the way in which you intended the question Shannon I think what I try to do is is play back what I've heard because I think that my lens is my lens. <laughs> and so I, I want to own that. So how people see things is, is, you know, very different to how I see them and how I receive them. And uh, lots of factors will impact on that. So if it's a work situation, I'm fairly senior. If I speak to a, a, a less senior person, there's a power dynamic there. What, you know, they think there are different parameters around what they can say and what they can't say. What's, what's a safe space for them? What will that mean for their career or for the thing they need to do? If I'm speaking to members of the board, I will have a similar kind of um, reaction, which is actually how much truth do I share? <laughs> uh, you know, what's, what's the impact of that? What do I want as an outcome of what I'm about to, to, to share? How much do I think they're really listening? <laughs> how much can they how much can they take? <laughs> what are the key points that I need to be heard? And I guess we, you know, we we make these decisions, Shannon, in a really split second. It's not that we're deliberate in that thought. It's 
that's what occurs as we're engaging, as we're exchanging ideas and thoughts and, and, and information. So our active listening is, is happening in that context. So for me, what's really important is once somebody said something, for me, I take real responsibility in saying, this is what I've heard, uh, which is different to, I, this is what I've understood. <laughs> And then you get the nod or you get the no, that's not what I was saying, right? They can totally can say, tell me differently so that I can understand, right? If you're not already doing that, listeners, take a page out of Lorraine's book and paraphrase, say, here's what I've heard, check in, and then, you know, okay, continue, right? To hear the truths, the, the, the situation, the experiences, the lived experiences of your employees. And then, you know, how do I make the rest of the senior leadership team aware of what I'm hearing, what the realities are and, you know, how we're going to approach that organizationally or, or structurally? Absolutely, Shannon. And, and, and that's kind of overlaid by, by my own identity. So if I, if I describe Network Rail, I'm one of the very few senior black people in in our business of 43,000 people, and you can count on one hand how many people are black, how many people are Asian. So, so already that gives you a, a, a kind of context. As a director of diversity and inclusion, I, I'm conscious and, and, and I'm conscious people will have heard things that I haven't said, <laughs> All right? So they will have heard, it, it, I call it the kind of police. They will have heard me say in their minds, you can't do this, you can't do that. <laughs> You know, you know, they've heard it. I haven't said it. So I'm, I'm, I'm particularly mindful of, of what I say. And I guess this is the, the, the other side of, of active listening is about being careful about what you say. And I'm not careful in a censorship type of way, but in the way of making sure that the message is in the, in the way in which you intend them to land. So in terms of being able to reflect the, the, the lived experiences of people who experience discrimination, disparities, you know, at, 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 at the easy end through really particularly nasty experiences. It's important to articulate those and in some ways make sure that that message is very clear. This is not Lorraine individual <laughs> talking, this is Lorraine representing. Um, so please, peers, we need to hear this. And these are some of the things that we could do as a, as a response based on what's been said. And then also helping my peers, my leadership peers, to be active recipients of that information and not be stymied by it. Because it's that, that's, the, that's our challenge around diversity and inclusion, that people are, um, particularly white majority people, are, are worried for a raft of reasons. But it, it, in, in the guise of good intent, the worry can cause a pause. So that's one half of, of, the, of the listening. And the other half of their listening is a, a kind of defensiveness. I'm a good person, so they're surely not talking about me. <laughs> Somebody else must have been responsible for that because I am good. And so helping people to hear those messages is part of my responsibility to, to both sides. When we come back, Lorraine will share how listening is a form of generosity and how to navigate your approach based on what you heard. Introducing the brand new QuadPod Podcast Network. At QuadPod, we have a variety of podcasts that are as unique as you. 
When you visit quadpod.com, you'll see our shows listed by category, as well as average episode length. Find a new podcast at qodpod.com. The Quad Pod Podcast Network. That's qodpod.com. And we're back with Lorraine Martins, the Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Network Rail. And, and to your point, Shannon, about generosity, that, that's a really generous act. Your proclivities may not lend itself to that, right? Because you might be seeing behaviours which actually you know are, that they're not the best intent, actually, and they are blocking and they're slightly passive aggressive and, and they're not really enabling the kind of culture change that we're seeking to, to, to happen. So, so to be able to adapt your approach to kind of navigate those kind of behaviours or those kind of reactions is, is an important aspect of kind of the active listening piece identifying what kind of levers work for for individuals who feel more vulnerable more threatened in addressing inequalities in addressing discrimination how how do you enable people to to see what the benefits are to recognize how that they could have contributed in some way <laughs> either directly or indirectly and that 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 isn't necessarily the definition of them but it's a moment that acknowledgement means that they can then move to the next the next level does, does that make sense Shannon it really does and you're helping to clarify the role that listening plays in all of this because when we're listening to people who are using language in and tone in ways that are exclusive or are microaggressions or are in some way disengaging people and not being uh, not creating an environment where people feel like they belong. Many people are not aware that they're doing things like that. So we'll say though for those people, we give the benefit of the doubt and the coaching and the development. Then there are other people who are doing those things intentionally perhaps. And, you know, being more hierarchical and how they organize themselves and keeping people in place, so to speak, through their through their words. So by listening and really trying to assess not only the language, where they're at in this journey, and also intent, right? And then to seek to understand and say, I'm not sure what you intended when you said X, Y, Z, but this is how this felt. This is how it landed to me, right? Is that the kind of thing that you engage in absolutely spot on shannon and also what that does is is it 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 takes away some of the sting of the the, the kind of underlying potential critique because you're you're then as as the listener taking on a little bit of responsibility this is what i heard <laughs> this is how it's landed is that is that what you intended is that what you meant uh, and then you give people permission to say yes no no yes no or clarify or expound or, or whatever. But I think I think that's that I found that to be really helpful. What are some things that you hear that help you to feel psychologically safe? What are some of the ways in which people communicate with you that give you that sense of relief or this is this is a place where I feel like I belong? That's a brilliant question. So I guess the thing and, and I think it's small things. And and I think that COVID has heightened these small things, but it's like those kind of little acts of, of kindness and thank you and please, and uh, this has made a difference. 
a real Phillips to give you a real uh, buzz. So yeah, a, a thank you. You've made a difference. This has been great. Um, can you fix this, please? Oh, you did fix it. And and actually, or can you fix this, please? And I say, actually, I think you may be able to do it. And then, oh, yes, actually, I can. <laughs> So it's, that, it's those interactions, really, where you, you kind of hear people asking for assistance and you, and you are giving assistance, not necessarily by doing anything particular, but, but, but through that engagement. So I know that you are a big fan of and an advocate for psychological safety. And I want to help the listeners understand from your perspective why that's so important and then what role does active listening play in that. So let's just talk about psychological safety. Brilliant. The context for me is that Network Rail is a safety critical organisation. So in our work, we, as we, as I said at the beginning, we move trains from A to B safely as much as we can. And um, it can be very dangerous work. So we've had a tendency to focus on the physical safety and the technical safety. Is, is the bit of kit working? Were we standing in the right position? Did we follow the right procedures and standards and policies and processes. So we've seen that there have been a couple of incidents in our organisation where there have been accidents and there have been underlying racial tensions within that environment that has resulted in those accidents occurring. So that means that people weren't psychologically safe and as a consequence, they've been hurt. So we cannot tolerate that as, as a business. So we're beginning to say to our colleagues, our peers, actually, we need to do we need to do better. So moving from why did you do that to how did that occur is about creating that psychological safety, because the why did you do that generates a, a kind of blame culture unintentionally. But that's how it, that's how that lands. When I ask, why did you do that, Shannon? <laughs> You're immediately defensive. If I say, Shannon, so how did that happen? You then explain the context and circumstances which, are, which arrived at this particular situation and circumstance. It's, it's a slight change in la language, but it means I hear differently. <laughs> what, and, I'm, and I'm looking for different information. I'm not looking to blame you. I'm looking to really understand what led to this particular situation. And that should make you feel that you can be as honest and open with me as possible because we want to get to the root cause. And therefore, you're enabled to, to tell me exactly how this happened. And I'm able to say, right, what do I need to do to help that, help prevent that happening again? So that psychological safety is a, a really critical point. Then when we talk about the culture of the environment, we're really clear that if for some reason I'm bullying you, Sharon, you're not gonna be as attentive to the day job as you need to be because you're feeling vulnerable. You're not feeling at your best. If I'm taunting you with you know, some kind of throwaway banter um, that you don't like, again, that's gonna affect how you feel about working with me, about your working environment. It makes us all vulnerable. Attending to our psychological safety, making sure that you feel well, your health and being is good, the environment is good. I'm giving you permission to say to me, Lorraine, that needs to change. We need to do better. Means that you're going to be operating at your optimum. You're going to be looking out for me. I'm going to be looking out for you. We're more respectful, more engaged. You feel that I value your contribution. We perform better. We're a safer organization. 
So for us, that's the, that's the kind of journey that we need to take our colleagues on. We're early days of that, but talking much more about psychological safety also brings in people who are office-based as opposed to people who are working on track and in depots and externally. So everybody can kind of engage in the psychological safety conversation because we know what it's like when we don't feel safe psychologically or we feel that we might be pilloried or we feel that our job might be in danger because we, we're, we're, speaking, we're speaking out. Particularly for our leaders, this is a really important facet of how we can be much more inclusive. We're checking in on people. How are you feeling? How's the environment? Is everything okay? Have you got what you need to, to, to do what you need to do? Have you fully understood what we're, what's, what's, what's expected? Is there anything that I need to do to help you that I can do? will help you to perform at your best. Therefore, we've created a much better culture in the organisation, a much more respective culture and a much more inclusive work environment and therefore much safer. That is so helpful. Thank you, Lorraine. Because what you're helping us to remember is the necessity that all of us have to feel safe in a variety of ways. You're talking about psychological safety, physical safety, emotional safety, and part of it is how we're communicating with each other. How are we treating each other? How are we managing people who are not treating other people well? And I also love the very specific example of the quality of the questions that you're recommending that people ask. So instead of the why questions, like why did you do that? More the how did that occur? That invites a conversation and a dialogue versus that, you know, can't police or you know, the the interrogation that we might otherwise feel that was not intended, but will would help to facilitate a better dialogue and discussion. So one of your favorite quotes is from Dr. Maya Angelou. And this is one of the other things that we have in common, Lorraine. I love this quote so much. She says, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. What does that mean to you? So, um, I, I think it, it, it really speaks to the issue of, of, of how we listen, to the active listening piece. Um, and I've always remembered that um, it takes the same amount of energy to, to be positive as it does to be negative. And actually, <laughs> when you're positive, you get so much more out of the environment and out of, out of people. And it's because of that interaction that, that you kind of leave people with. So for me, it speaks to being really mindful of how you engage with, with people. Even if you have to give news which isn't good news, you can do it in a way that allows people their dignity, shows respect, honours them. Um, you know, you, we don't have to castigate each other. We don't have to beat each other up. Actually, we can leave people feeling good about themselves and satisfied with the interaction, you know, despite the outcome. And so for me, that's a really important part of being an inclusive leader. That's a really important part about human engagement. Um, it's a really important part about trying to get people on your side. <laughs> you know, if you if you remember if you remember that they forget what you they forget what you said, they forget what you did, but they always remember how you made them feel. Then I think that's a really great watchword for, for interacting with people. For sure. And I think the ways that you've described listening is a way to make people feel exactly what you just said, respected, heard, understood, accepted, welcomed, encouraged, right? And, and that's how you've 
made us feel today listening is hopeful, right? I feel empowered. I feel uh, motivated to to go practice some of the things that you've been talking about so that I can make other people feel important and that they belong. <laughs> so thank you for modeling that so well, Lorraine. Thank you so much, Shannon. That's, I really, really appreciate that. And I've really appreciated our, our conversation. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you. ROG takeaway tip, how to apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Two key things that all of us can practice this week, seek to understand and create psychological safety. Seek first to understand before being understood. How often do we assume we understand what we heard instead of really listening? Are we in a state of curiosity and wonder or in defense offense mode? Lorraine shared that she's conscious that people hear things that she hadn't said, meaning they interpreted her words differently than she intended or imagined she said something she hadn't. What's an example in your life this week where you reacted to how you interpreted something someone said, or even responded to an assumption of something someone said in your mind, but perhaps hadn't. This often happens when we assume that the answer will be no, but never actually asked. And when we don't ask, the answer is always going to be no. One of the keys to a culture where active listening is a norm is our second takeaway tip, psychological safety. It's when people feel comfortable voicing their opinions and don't fear being judged. Help teams develop a safe environment by creating a few ground rules on how to interact with each other. They could be, for example, do not interrupt each other and actively listen and seek to understand. So this week, practice being genuinely curious. Wonder what someone's going to say or what they mean by the words that they're sharing and create a psychologically safe work environment. Until next week, stay generous, everyone. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.